Hey, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Look, in this episode that you're about to listen, I had an amazing conversation with Maricela Herrera, who is the CEO of Elevate Network. And what I really loved about this conversation is because I think I was doing it in a way of like thinking of evolving my wife's shoes. Because if you guys know the story of my wife, and if you go back to like one of the first 10 episodes of this podcast, talk about how my wife went to a better school, had better GPA, just on paper, on resume, was just a better candidate. And I was the one with the job offers. And it really talks about a difference, a big difference of, you know, generally speaking, of male and female and the difference of me being more aggressive in networking and how I was able to get more opportunities than my wife, who ultimately was a better hire because she's smarter, uh, she's harder working essentially than I am, um, and ultimately had a better pedigree. And so in this conversation you're about to listen to, if you're the women, and you're one that works really hard, but still something feels like you're overlooked on opportunities. We're going to talk about how you can overcome that. So enjoy the rest of the episode. And if you enjoy it, don't forget to uh, leave a review on the podcast and share it with a friend. Can't wait for you to listen to the rest. See you later. Welcome to the How to Get a Job podcast. In this podcast, we help take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you the strategies and skills required to land your dream job. So if you're ready to master your career, land the job of your dreams, listen for more. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of How to Get a Job podcast. Today, I have Maricela Herrera, the CEO of Elevate Network. Maricela, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am doing amazing. Like I was just telling you and sharing with you, um, I'm super excited to talk to you today. And I'm really just channeling my in inner Jessica, my wife, if, if, because I would be like, what would my wife want to know? Like, I think you're the perfect person. I, I'm super excited to talk about this topic um, because I, I do feel, and, and this is just what, what I've even noticed and I see a lot, right? There's more women going to college than there are men now. So like, that's amazing. But I also see that, even though that more women starting going becoming professionals that they kind of get stuck in in middle or in the beginning of their careers and they don't elevate you know kind of bring it to the name of, of the organization that you're CEO of they don't elevate their career or progress to their career and and as I think about even my wife's journey and, and I'm super open about it like my wife went to uh, even if I think about our careers like in high school she was a better student she had AP classes 4.0 GPA very involved. I graduated high school with like a 3.1 GPA, right? She went to a better school, better major. But then if you look at, and I graduated college with a 2.9 GPA. Now I was, I was driven and I networked, but my wife was both, both book smart and street smart. And she struggled to get a job while on the other hand, because I built relationships, I had six, seven, eight job offers, right? And right. so when I look at that career and I start my career at PepsiCo making double when she what she was making, it didn't make sense to me. So I'm sharing all this is probably maybe too much information, but I'm sharing with you because it's like, I did, that didn't make sense to me. Like, why is my wife who is smarter, goal-oriented, driven, and then you have me who did this. And I think a big part of that was one, I think I networked. And my wife yeah. didn't. And she thought, hey, if I just work hard enough, people will, will realize that I work hard and give me an opportunity. But I think there's a disconnect. But anyways, as we dive into that, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think that happens so often? I think you're absolutely right. So women, we've, we've been, I would say, socialized to be the hard workers, to be perfect, so to speak, in many ways, and kind of put your head down and wait to be noticed. And that's like what we hear. I hear that from everyone. It's not just 
you know, at the time of first starting college, but even afterwards, a long time in their careers, we kind of put our head down, do the work and work hard and kind of wait for that sense of fairness or meritocracy or something to just magically appear. And the reality, the, the real, the reality is the world's not like that, right? You have to build relationships. I was telling you before we started recording, like that's something I struggled with too. My first job out of college was um, as a credit analyst at a big financial institution. I went to college in Mexico, so this was back there. And to be frank, I mean, I had, I spent quite a long time after graduating looking for a job. And I had probably the second best uh, grades in my class. It was, I think I was good. I knew that, but it was hard because I didn't know people. I never intentionally built relationships, uh, look for what the opportunities were out there. And in fact, the job I got, the person who was my boss was someone I knew. He had been my teacher in college. And it was really interesting because when I walked into uh, the the meeting, I knew he was my teacher. I mean, I had been in his class. He didn't remember me because I had kept my head down all the time. I had been working. And, and at some point when I came back for the second round interview, he's like, I do remember you. I went back and looked at your stuff uh, because I, I, I knew your name. Like, you know, we had talked about me having been in his class. And he's like, you were one of the best students I ever had but like you never spoke up yeah and that was to me like a like a very big eye-opener like yeah. you if you don't like toot your own horn if you don't speak up if you don't make yourself not noticeable no one will notice you yeah it's it's really interesting because it's there's this line too because you don't want to be this like cocky or outspoken right so there's this beautiful line of like uh, yes you want to get visibility yes you want to build relationships but also not get it to the extreme and 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 i think you know i think that's the, le to, the lesson and i always tell my mentees like you know the reality is that when you're getting your first job out of college uh, and it, it, this still applies after but visibility actually becomes more important than ability. Now you still need to have that ability. You still need to right. be able to get the job, but that visibility is what's going to open the door. Your, your ability, your, your, your technical skills in a sense is what's going to allow you to keep there. And even within an organization, especially if you're working for a massive organization where you have tens of thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of, of employees, you have to be able to get involved and speak up, get involved in ERG groups or get involved. And yeah. in, um, in, in, so getting involved. And it's like, it, it's like the same thing in school, in college. I remember like I, I was just having a conversation with a professor I'm going to have lunch with. I graduated 10 years ago and he, he would ask me to come speak in his class and he would introduce me. He's like, yeah, this is one of the best students I've ever had. And I'm like, you do know I had like a B minus in your class. You're like, I didn't even know that, right? Like, I, he's like, I forgot. I thought you had an A. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I do marketing now, but like, um, but it's because I went to his office hours. I, I built a genuine relationship and and I think that's really important. It's like, don't lose track of like, you still need to have the abilities. I'm not saying like, forget about mm -hmm. being smart, forget about being able to do the, the job well, but it's also about building those relationships um, that's gonna actually pay off in the long term as well. I think you said a few things that I would, I would want to make sure that stick out. Um, one is genuine relationships. Yeah. It's not about the cockiness, it's about being interested 
in the things. Like if you went to office hours, it's because you're interested in what this professor had to say. You're interested in building that relationship. If it's fake, it shows, right? Absolutely. So that's one. And two, you definitely, I agree with you, you have to have the goods to back it up. You mm -hmm. have to work hard and you have to know your stuff. That's like the, but that's the baseline. Yes. Right. That's the baseline. It's everything that comes on top of that. And, um, you know, we're talking about people who graduate college and, and your first job, but I think the relationship building becomes even more important the more you go into your career. Yeah. Um, I think we're going into an age of like personal branding and that your LinkedIn, and this is like my thesis or philosophy on this, like your LinkedIn will become more important than your resume. And oh, if yeah. you, if you do, if you do your life correctly, and I'm not saying you need to become an influencer on LinkedIn, but if, if you are sharing, Hey, what I've learned or, 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 or things that are going on in your industry, um, and you're building a brand and you're known as the, you know, like Maricela, you may be known as like, you know, women, uh, empowerment expert, right. You know, or like, you know, that's going to allow you to essentially recession proof, bulletproof your career, because if there is a job where, Hey, we have a chief diversity officer at a fortune 10 company, and we really have a focus and say, we need to attract and retain top women. Like you're going to pop up into someone's head, whether you take the job or not. I think, I think everybody likes to have those options and, and everybody likes to be courted and say, Hey, I, I, this job is available to me if I wanted to, and you didn't, and if you were to have applied, it wouldn't have had the same effect. Absolutely. And I agree with you on the LinkedIn and it's your calling card, right? Yeah. Like it is the public facing thing where it's the first place people go. If they're looking for someone to hire, if they're looking for someone to speak at uh, events or anything like that, or podcasts or anything of the sort, that's, that's where you go. So definitely keep that up today. All right, as a major thank you for listening to my podcast, I've just let our career coaches know to open up their calendar for limited time only, limited spaces only to our loyal podcast listeners. So if you are currently a STEM student looking for a job in the next 90 days or graduate in the next year, you want our help, schedule a call with our team for free for a free strategy session, limited time only, link in the show notes. See you there. Um, I want to say something about networking that helped me and hopefully it helps people too. When I was younger, I hated networking. To me, that was like, this is, this is, this is icky. It's like, yep. you know, fake. Um, and I think this is particularly true for women uh, that we feel that way. And someone kind of made me flip the way I thought about it as networking is simply a way of helping other people. If you think about it in that way, women, we are great at that. We are great at connecting the dots. We are great at offering support, advice, help for other people. And that's really what networking is. Start thinking about it in a way of giving instead of taking. And then when people, like what you were saying, when people start looking for someone, you're going to pop into their head because they know that you have something to offer. Um, so I think that's a good way of kind of building that brand by giving knowledge, giving insights, giving support in many ways. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I actually hate the word networking because mm -hmm. of that negative thoughts that you have as like a slimy one-way transaction, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, it should be about relationship building. And I think if we think about 
this as a whole, I think about there's no such thing as a long-term relationship if it's not mutual beneficial. Like even think about the relationship with your parents, right? It needs to be mutual beneficial. And if you think about how most relationships are started or like like the typical, I go to a networking event and I'm just handing out my business cards. I think it's completely backwards and it's it's wrong because who cares who you hand the business card with? Because if you give the business card to them, they have the power of the follow-up because unless you have their business card, it doesn't even matter. So to me, it should just be backwards. And if you can flip the traditional thoughts of networking to say, okay, instead of saying like, hey, I'm Daniel, uh, let me try to sell you this, right? I kind of just go, hey, I'm Daniel, nice to meet you. How can I help you? Right. Exactly. You know, I would love to learn about you. Like I came across your LinkedIn profile. Notice we have this in common. So like, I, I think I, I follow this like rule. I teach my mentees this rules of networking. So step one, commonality, the more you have in common, the better. So like, I think when, even when I started this conversation, like I wanted to find commonality, I, I realized we were both Hispanic. I realized that uh, my wife very similar because my wife has a very similar background as you financial background started in relationship management. Um, we're both passionate, you know, about working with minorities, you specifically with women, right? So I try to connect with commonality. And then step two is make the, 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 the first conversation that you actually have about them. And, and to mm -hmm. me, the reason why I want to make it more about you than it is about me is because the more I have you speak, ideally, I want to try to have the other person speak 75 to 80% is because the more I learn and the more commonalities we could find. And so the, I'm in my head trying to connect the dots, right? And then I'm trying to find ways to add value to you. Right, or, or to the person that I am trying to meet, because if I can then add value, um, then that's how I build a relationship. Because again, going back to the beginning, there's no such thing as a uh, as a long term relationship if it's not mutual beneficial, right? And so, the if I can add value, whether I get value back right away or not, it doesn't matter because I know as because as a, as someone who like networks for like a living that eventually if I do need some support, I can reach out to you and I've already deposited into that bank account. So I have money to withdraw, right? Instead of just going yeah. into debt right away. And then the third thing is like when I realized, especially as you are networking with very successful people, they're really busy, is that most people to your point want help, right? But the problem is that they don't have the time to help. So it's not a priority to them. And people hate getting their time wasted. So one of the, the tricks that I like to do, and this is how you get a mentor for anybody that's listening. You at, So you start the conversation, find commonalities. Second step, you make it about them. Third step, you finish the conversation by asking a simple piece of advice. So I would be like, hey, Maricela, what is one book that I should read if I want to learn more about women and inclusion, right? And you go ahead and recommend me that book, right? I go and read it. It was a 10 second, five second recommendation. But if I can go and read that book, it's about a four or five hour commitment and just come back to you and be like, what an amazing recommendation. And I say books because I love them, right? So I read so many of them. So, um, yeah. So I would go back to you and say, thank you so much for recommending me that book. Here's what I learned. And I would literally tell you A, B, and C. And not only what I've learned, but here's what I'm going to do with that learnings. Now, go ahead. Yeah. That, that just opens the door so yes. much because you understand that the person is like, actually taking you seriously yes. and that that person is actually listening to what you're saying so it it builds it it, it opens yeah. for the back and forth that's what i want right because I, I essentially want to give myself a test to prove to you that any advice you give me i will execute right and then also i'm learning so like i'm already putting in the effort by like learning the foundation of the topic that i want to learn right um 
because if I'm asking you about that topic is because I see you as an expert in the topic as someone that knows a lot more about me than that topic. So I'm already learning the foundation. So next time we speak about it, I can ask for a, a bigger, maybe more time commitment from your end, because that was a 10 second time commitment in that mm -hmm. scenario. And I can essentially build a, a relationship, but I'm also now we can speak in a level where not starting in, in level one, because I've already kind of like, hopefully if I ask the right question or the ask for the rest advice. <laughs> The book you gave me essentially gave a good foundation where we can have a better conversation about the topic. And, and, and to me, like that is like a simple way you can repeat and do this over and over. And that's how I've, like, all my mentors I've, I've found in that way where it's like, and then throughout the way I'm learning and thinking, how can I continue to add value? How can I continue to add value? Yeah. And you're never asking, can you be my mentor? That's my pet peeve. Yeah. No, because I'm doing it by, by actions, right? Like actions. You're, exactly. Um, you're actually showing the yeah. interest in a way that's genuine. And then generally throughout the journey, right? So like, if I wanted to be like a, a like a woman's expert and advocate, I will continue to update you. And it doesn't have to be every time asked. I just send you an email. We're like, Hey, just want to let you know, like I, I came across this situation and this is what I did about it. Um, and it all started with the conversation we had three months ago. Right. And it's like, you build yep. genuine relationships. And it's all about that. It is about the relationship. And like you said, I like that you use the bank account analogy because um, I, we use at elevate the 401k analogy, which is like, waiting to network until you need something is like waiting to put money into your 401k until you retire. Yeah. Like you need to do it before you yes. need to like build that rapport, build those relationships before you actually need them. So Marisa, let, let's, let's, let me ask you a question. So um, what advice would you have if, if imagine if I am a college senior, female college senior, I, you know, I want to go into either, you know, finance or tech, um, I'm really good. I have, like I'm really good at the, t the task, but I, I just struggle building relationships. I'm a first generation student. My I'm, my family doesn't have the connections. Like, what do you suggest I start? What do you? What do I? What should I do? How should I get involved? Yeah, that's a great question because especially for first generation and um, some of our like more immigrant. Uh, I'm I'm an immigrant, so we don't have the connections built. Mm -hmm. There's no way to like start that. I think look for organizations. There's a lot like Elevate is one, for example, but there are a lot specifically in the industry that you're looking for that you can start going to and getting involved in either their events or just following them online. Um, LinkedIn is a great, uh, it's a great tool too. I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with following someone on LinkedIn and keeping that, um, absorption of their information and then at some point reaching out with a thoughtful question um but organizations like i know there's a lot of organizations for women in tech women in finance elevate covers the gamut that's where you can start meeting people without needing without having the network all like the network's already built so you come in and you start meeting people there the one thing is you have to look for the right fit and it's a lot of work to find where you fit in, but it's very worthwhile. I think if you can find a group of people, like find, I hate using this phrase, but kind of find your tribe, find the people that you fit, like you feel like you belong and you're, and it's, and it be a lot of hit or miss, but, um, but it's worth it. It is yeah. really worth it. Can you share with us a little bit more about what Elevate is? And if, if, if somebody was starting their career, how did they get involved with it? Yep. Yeah. 
So Elevate is the largest community for women at work. Women, We say women plus, actually, because it started for women only back in the 90s. Uh, we started off uh, in finance, specifically uh, for alumni, people who had women who had worked at Goldman Sachs and then expanded into all industries. And so we have about 200,000 members around the world. We put together events, both online and in person. We have chapters in about 30 cities, mostly in the US, but some international. And the whole point of Elevate is, can we make these safe spaces where people can come and talk about work, talk about their experiences, get advice, understand that you're not alone. A lot of the challenges that we're facing, we're all facing them or have faced them at some point in our life, but we don't talk about them enough. And sometimes you kind of can't just go Google, what do I do with my manager who is being mean? You know, you're not going to find a real response. Yeah. You want to talk to people about it. And, um, and that's what we do. And so we have women in all industries, but a lot of finance, tech, mostly male dominated industries, I think are gravitate towards Elevate because it's like, you yeah. feel like you have that, that community of support. And for people who are coming out of school, because we do have everything from just recent grads to yeah. very, very, very senior C-suite executives, um, it's a good way to meet people who have been in your shoes, to meet people who can who you can look up to and like find mentors if you do it in a thoughtful way, like you were you were suggesting. It's amazing. So um and that every company is like as women friendly as others, right? So like what advice do you have is as, as, as women are searching for companies to apply, um, I'm assuming that there's some companies that would make it better for a woman to start their career there because they've built a path for growth. You know, there may be more resources, maybe some mentorship programs, maybe, uh, you know, ERG groups that really help that. In your experience, what should I, like a female looking to start their career in a male dominated industry should be looking for in terms of the companies that they're applying for and ultimately deciding to work for? At? That's a really good, really good question. I think, look, don't just look at what they state because yeah. a lot of companies say a lot of good things. Definitely check if they have support for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And what their, I, I would ask honestly what their stance on it is. And if they give you a very platitude answer, might be a red flag. Um, particularly if they just talk about diversity, but don't talk about equity, inclusion, or belonging. I think those three words are actually something you want to look out for because a lot of companies focus on that diversity aspect, getting the numbers of women or minorities in the door. But then these women or minorities do, are not successful, are not promoted, are not progressing. That's where the inclusion, the belonging, and the equity comes in. Mm. So I would, I would make sure to kind of keep an ear out for that. See if they have ERGs. ERGs are very important. If they have any um, structured programs for learning and development, uh, particularly for women, some companies do. Leadership development specifically, mentorship, like you mentioned, or other forms of formal like development pathways. Um, and honestly, I'm a huge believer of go find someone on LinkedIn, who went to your school, who's working at the company, and send them a note. Just yep. send them a note. Wanted to make it easy for them. Just want to talk, take 10 minutes of your time. You don't need half an hour. You don't need an hour and ask them about their experience. 
Yeah. I think that's probably the best way you get a feel. So, um, so I started, my first question here was what, what should we look at women for in a company? But I, I also understand that you need to own your career, right? And as much as the companies can have this ERG groups, have mentoring programs, like there's things that you can do to own your career. So what can someone do? Like, you know, as I was telling you about my wife, what could my wife do to own their career? Like what, what would you, would you advise it regardless of what the company is providing or not, you can still do it yourself. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to add that I didn't mention, look at the, look at the management ranks and see how many women are right. in management versus not. And this is actually to answer your question about owning your career. I would also say, look how many women are in, and we were talking about this client facing PNL, like profit and loss owning roles versus support roles. Women tend to be like in the marketing side, in the human resources side. Mm. I think if you want to own your career and it depends on what you want to do, obviously, but if you can be in a client facing role, if you can be it, especially if you're like in finance, for example, you can be in a client facing role or in a revenue producing role, you have much better chance of continuing to work and move yourself up. Um, in terms of what you can do to own your career, I think, look, you can, you could get yourself as prepared as you can, right? Like we said, knowing your stuff, that's the baseline. You want to continue to continue to do that. Like, it's not like you left college and you know everything. You have to always, like the world is constantly changing. So constantly be putting yourself, uh, recession-proofing yourself, like you kind of termed it. Um, continue building relationships. I think also you have to take a look at, yourself careers are not linear anymore they haven't been linear forever you know i was a finance major i do something completely different like i was in a bank for years doing real estate banking in the like very specific banking in a very specific place <laughs> and i'm doing something completely different now that doesn't mean my skill sets don't transfer yeah so it's keep an open mind and explore. That's, I think, how you own your career. Explore what you're good at, what you like, and ensure that, you know, you, you're not pigeonholing holding yourself into one specific just thing. Um, the number one research is showing right now that the number one thing companies are looking for is the ability to learn. Yeah. So it's not so much about what you know now it's how can you adapt how can you adapt to a constantly changing world so you want to keep that going you want to keep showing that you can do that and then learn you know know yourself and don't be scared if at some point you're like oh i studied this thing and this is the path i thought i would have you know i thought i would be in investment banking for like the rest of my life and Sometimes you just have to own success and like define it for yourself. Like you have to figure out what you want to do, what you are, what's really going to make you happy and not be scared to like take those risks. Yeah, um, It can be scary, but it pays off. No, I think everything you're saying, it makes so much sense. And, and something that I think it's something that I didn't understand for a long time. And even I see like even my mentees who are mainly STEM students and female students that are just not understanding is that every role within the company either makes or saves the company money. And the more mm -hmm. that you could be in a position where you're making the company money, like the more job security you're going to have because they're the last ones to leave. Right. And so yeah. to your point, get to a, 
client facing role, if that's even like, I think my wife who was like more introverted, never thought she would want to do sales. I'm like, well, everything is sales. So first of all, you need to understand that. But like, even now she's super excited about this more client facing relationship management role um, because she realizes like just the more career path, you know, just the path becomes um, more open and even her earning potential just dramatically increases. Um, so I think that is something to really think about as you're beginning your yeah. career. Revenue producing or PN, which then translate to owning a profit and loss yeah. statement for a business. Like that's how you grow into that. And if you ever want to be on a board of directors, you need that profit and loss uh, experience, which I get, I know it's like way, way down the track, but I, I'm the type of person who always thinks like, what skills should I be developing that will help me Absolutely. get to something later? Yeah, no matter what, this has been great. Uh, if people want to learn more about you, you know, Elevate Network, what's the best way to do so? So ElevateNetwork.com, that's Elevate with two L's. Um, you can find all about the network there. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look for Maricel Herrera. I tend to post uh, articles and some thoughts very regularly and feel free to connect with me or send me a note. Perfect. I will put both your LinkedIn link and the website on the show notes for anybody that is listening. Thank you all for listening and catch you all on the next episode. Thank you. Well, if you're listening to this, you have made it to the end of the episode. In the time of distraction, the fact that you're listening to this means you truly care about your career. And to reward you for that, my team and I will be hosting free one-on-one strategy sessions for podcast listeners only. So if you want to get a strategy session to speak with me or someone on my team, look at the link in the show notes to schedule your free call. Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode.